Hey everyone, this is Adrian from the Son of Crow podcast. Now we continue today the A Conversation series. This is the standalone season series where we explore the lives, journey and celebrate the success of individuals from a Ghanaian heritage or interest in short and sweet episodes. Today we are joined by Eric Anan. He is the founder of Aya Gigs. This is Africa's web-free marketplace. Aya helps early stage startups and medium-sized companies find the right fit talents to supercharge their business. This has been featured in the likes of Business Insider, Yahoo News, Techabout, and a host of other big name media outlets. Eric is also a mission-driven entrepreneur. His loyalty is to value, to be selfless, empathetic, and a visionary problem solver, which in this episode, you're really gonna learn he is. In this episode, we discuss things like why he created IA Gigs, what he was doing before, why Web3 can't be as big without Africa, and so much more. You'll be able to find the links to the podcast and where you can follow Eric and his business, IA Gigs, in the description below. Now, just before we get to the episode, just quick housekeeping. If you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe as we continue to grow this community. Leave a comment, hit the like button so we can continue to reach more people. If you're listening on the likes of Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, etc., a five-star review is very much appreciated. You'll be able to find all of our social media links and also in the description below. And also you'll be able to find how to get in touch with the Summer Podcast. Now let's get straight into the show. Eric, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? Thank you, Adrian. Thank you for the opportunity to share um, our, our story, our journey, our adventures with your amazing community. I'm doing very well. Um, coming out of my birthday yesterday, it can't be better mm. than this. So I'm just grateful to be alive today. Happy birthday, Eric. May God bless you and add many more years to your life. Hope you enjoyed your birthday. Did you get Thank anything you. special? Absolutely. Um, having to receive special message from your team um, across um, the continent, remote remote team that we work with, and especially mm-hmm. get a message from your your seven year old twins early in the morning. That can be anything less than fulfillment of life. So yes, I had a wonderful day yesterday. Um, Staying alone, I mean, being so in my solitude, reconciling, uh, reconnecting to why I am on this earth, and uh, recharge mm-hmm. my energy for the next uh, couple of decades ahead of me. So that was very yeah. insightful. Very powerful, very powerful way to celebrate your birthday and to 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 see, you know, life in a certain perspective that you're just grateful for life. You know, it's not always about the gifts and what you get in terms of tangible assets, but it's more about appreciating the people around you who love you and care for you. And also realizing that you made it another year on this earth. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Adrian, for having me. So talking to you just immediately after my birthday, I I guess um, it's not just by accident. And um, we're gonna have a very fruitful Mm -hmm. engagement to to throw more light on why we're on this planet to make an, an, an impact. Absolutely. Eric, thank you so much for that. Uh, happy birthday again. Okay. Thank so, you. <laughs> so <clears throat> let's, let's go straight into it. So, of course, you're the founder of Aya Gigs. 
Um, tell us a little bit more about iGeeks in a short summary. Oh, basically, iGeeks is um, solving the problem that I personally faced. We, um, Africa is going to be home to more than half of the world population. Um, at the moment, in the next 6,000 days or less, there's going to be over 1 billion young Africans ages between 0 to 30. So let me just let me rephrase it. The median age in Africa today is about 8, 19 years. And this segment of the population are almost 70% of the entire 1.4 billion people. And our institution wow. across the continent do not solve, I mean, cater for the right skills that the 21st century, especially in the fourth industrial revolution, is looking for. Therefore, there's a need and there's urgency for us to think through how we can position African young people to provide up um, skills or provide value to the world. Um, COVID has given us opportunity and almost every company today in the world is changing their playbook in terms of hiring. And therefore, opportunities are not limited to geographic locations or opportunities just limited to people in North America or Europe. So mm. therefore, if you're an African kid and you have a skill and you have an open mind, you could stay wherever you are in the continent and provide value um, borderless to any company, anybody, and get paid instant instantaneously. And therefore, AYA is basically connecting young people and saying that, look, we want to create a, a trust bridge. So between us, we create the AYA become your trust bridge to the company and you so that we can match you together and provide you that opportunity to, to, to work. to work. So that's basically about AYA. And it's exciting to be on this uh, exciting journey. Just so you know, AYA just is not a name. AYA means resilience and resourcefulness for us mm. at AYA. And why AYA? Because every African has a bit of resilience. And we believe that it's time for us to commercialize, to make it more profound, that this resilience is actually value that we need to make it more of opportunity so that the world, what it's currently looking for, people with resilience, people with, 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 with the energy, the zeal, and the malleability to work without waiting for uh, somebody to supervise them. And that's what we believe that we are pushing to the world for us to be able to create limitless possibilities for the people of Africa to the world. We can become manufacturing deficit, but let's invest so much in human capital development. IT is the future. That was 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. So Indians and Chinese were the, the, the value the world was looking for. Cheap labor, as at the time, you could, you could say so, cheap labor. But what it, it did for India and China was that it created massive job opportunity, massive outlay of possibilities for their young people. Today, in Africa, we believe that Web3, unlike every other innovation technology scheme with proprietary, with patents, with ownership, the Web3 is the only innovation technology that do not have a single country or a single person owning the patent or the proprietary or the trademark. So what does it tell you? It tells you that it is opportunity mm. for us in Africa to be able to see the limitless possibility the Web3 has for us. Note that we are just, just 12, 13 years into the Web3. From Bitcoin era in 20, 2018, the first Bitcoin mine in 2009, 
This innovation is just new, but it's innovation that is very controversial. Why is it so? It's controversial because it is it is really really disrupting finance, and finance is power. And government all over the world are now G three. How do we control this? How do we be part of it? We at IA we believe that the next innovation, the next biggest disruption is going to be in the Web three. And if it's going to know in the Web three, we believe that the Indians and the Chinese have played a role in Web two. This time is Africa. Mm. We have the young people. I mean, in the, by, in the next 18 years, which is by 2050, Africa is going to have the largest workforce, more than India and China combined. The youngest, of course, and the most agile, most resilient, and most hungry, determined, res- I mean, to wanting to make a difference. And so we are determined to train at least 10 million young Africans to have the skills in Web3 to be able to provide borderless services and so we used to be, we become an, a net exporter of brain. This time around, we are not saying brain drain. We are saying that exporting mm. brain. Exporting brain means that I can stay in Accra, I can stay in um, Hohoi or Jasikai or Konkori uh, County Training Park or in Mombasa or in Kinshasa or in Yamosokro in Cote d'Ivoire or in Kano in Nigeria or Enugu and provide value to businesses that, that that know that I have the required skills to do that. And so our goal is to make Africa the, the home to Web3. Just as Indians, Chinese did in Web2, we believe that Africa has the right resources in terms of human capital to be able to provide this. And we are going to be able to train people to do that. Yes, today we don't have enough in the market. We do not have enough African young people because our educational system do not provide ample skills it's your about certificate. The time has come for us to rather focus on skills rather than certificate. That, that's why Aya is playing a very key role in this uh, I mean, journey. Thank you. Wow. Eric, what a statement. What a statement you just made. You got me really excited about Web3 and once again, the future of Africa. I mean, it's clear to see that the race for Web2 is over. And now there's a race for Web3. And what you are saying is that, for example, the Indians, they've already specialized in different areas of tech, namely Web2. But there's an opportunity for a continent or even a nation to really own the Web3 space. And you're saying that because of the talent and because of the potential that Africa has, we can hopefully fill that gap. Absolutely, absolutely, we can, and that's the that's the, that's the goal for every African. I mean, the, the whole thing is that we cannot do it alone, but we want to be a vanguard of this new new movement. That mm. these young people, it is a threat and it's still opportunity. If you can see it as an opportunity, then we begin to put in systems, rails, channels, funnels for us to create massive movement for us to have the, the right skills in our young people to see beyond. For example, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, the government of Ghana um, did a budget uh, economic policy, I mean, I mean, a statement. Guess what? There's going to be job freeze, mm-hmm. no employment. There's, there's over 100,000 young people doing their national services today across the country. The government policy mm-hmm. said that we are not going to employ. What does it tell you? It mm-hmm. tells you that hopelessness continues to grow. 
our government across the continent do not really have any plan to cater for the massive population growth. Because you know why? By 2050, every five births, two will be African. That means that every five people in the world, at least two will be African. So Africa is going to have the largest, youngest population in the world. We we need to we need to be urgent in our in our in our move to ensure that we create. But for me, I see as an entrepreneur, I see it as an opportunity. You know why? Those were the days that I need to travel to America or UK to have jobs. But I see that COVID nineteen has provided us another rail for business to know that oh, we can actually cut down our cost in terms of hiring offices. I mean, putting infrastructure in offices and hire people remotely. So we believe mm-hmm. that the next move, the next biggest thing to happen to Africa is to prepare our these young people with the right skills, software engineering, product management, business analysis, community management, product design, data science. These are hot skills that are high-end skills. In fact, I say mm. exporting I mean brain brain for forests. So if we cannot manufacture, why don't you invest in young people so that we can actually export them? So go to I mean US and have a deal with Silicon Valley company that hey, we have one million young people who have these skills. We give you I mean tax incentive, hire them, we don't pay any tax for for for, for, for these people. The next five years you can hire them, mm. you, you you save forty percent of the cost. That you are burning now. I think there are so many opportunities because we have the population, and we have the, I mean population that are yearning. They are resilient. They, they know that look. The only opportunity for us is to have the skills and work. Then I don't see why Africa should cry because we have a, I mean larger population. We are a solution to the world, and we must all be interested in harnessing the young potential that we have and the young population that we have. That have the right skills, they're eager to learn the skill. I'll give you statistics. We just, I mean, launched Aya Fellowship. It was supported by Coinbase Giving. We initially wanted to just 300 people. Adrian, to our surprise, utmost surprise, we had over 3,800 applications from 33 African countries. From 33 African countries, there's massive demand Yes, massive demand from these young people who are looking for these jobs. But we can only train few. So we have to reduce it through different interviews, different um, tests, um, at, I mean, ethics tests, um, soft tests, and logic tests to reduce it to about 800. Now, as I speak to you, mm. 800 people are undergoing six months intensive training in five tracks, product management, product design, Mm-hmm. Back end and front end and smart contract engineering. Mm. Guess what? The numbers were ninety percent, more than ninety percent came from Nigeria. Mm. Oh yes, ninety percent more than that came from Nigeria. In fact, out of the three thousand eight hundred applications, we had ninety seven percent from Nigeria. Over three thousand five hundred came from Nigeria. It tells you the preparedness of Nigerian young people. Seeing opportunity in tech as a as a leverage to escape poverty, and this is the kind of attitude we want every African child to see. That look, the government may be failing you, but you cannot fail yourself. You have the internet. The internet provides the biggest liberation, the biggest independence, the biggest freedom for every child in Africa. So you do not have excuse mm-hmm. to say my government has not provided me jobs. You need to create your job. What you need to do is to be, wake up 
and get a skill. Go to the internet. Google a skill that you are passionate about. You have free resources to become whatever you want to become. So there's no excuse for every young Africans out there. What about the Africans who don't have access to internet on a regular basis? Yes, that's an, an interesting perspective. Uh, so we also believe that a government, the least government would do is to provide this infrastructure in terms of coverage, mm -hmm. in terms of providing this internet accessibility to rural areas, because it cannot be only in Accra or Lagos or Abuja. It should be I mean, across. And there are a lot of innovation today that provide a very cheap internet I mean, um, um, connectivity. So these are not things that I mean, a private individual like us, I mean, a startup like us, we can provide. But as many that have access to internet, we want to reach them. As many that have access to a smart device phone, we believe that they are our, our target. And we, I mean, if we can be able to train these people We'll be able to give them opportunity to work remotely. So, look, Adrian, let me just make this very bold statement. Mm -hmm. The worst thing that could happen to us is, I mean, hang our hands off and just uh, be in despair. But we cannot do that. There's opportunity. I'll tell you something. Aya, we started off about 18 months ago. We did not figure out everything ahead of us. We just wanted to connect people. But when we started, we, we, we read that there was a gap. We were getting a lot of demand, but we couldn't get these skills that these companies were looking for, which is why we decided to actually launch our, the IA Fellowship, which is more or less a, more or less a training institution that will train people, these people to meet the right, I mean, the kind of requirement they are looking for. Companies are not just looking for skills. Companies today are looking for people who have the right attitude, who have the right character, mm -hmm. who have the right reliability, and have the right mindset of growth to be able to work in a multi-dimensional, multi-diverse teams because it's remote, right? And a lot of young people, a lot of skills Africans don't even know that you do not have to think like African. You have to think like a global citizen. And you have to have the right attitude and the right collaboration of skill. So IA training is not just an, about, about just training you for skill. We train in both your soft and your, 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 your hard skill in the area of problem solving, adapting, creativity, and empathy. But these are very fundamental skill sets you need to add to your, your hard skill that you have, be whether an engineer, back-end or front-end engineer, or full-stack full developer, or product engineer. We believe that if you have the right skill, you can compete with anybody from anywhere in the world and be able to provide value and get the right jobs that it will help you to live a better, a better life. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Powerful. So, Eric, I guess that answers one of my other questions because in season three of the podcast, I spoke to Samuel Brooksworth from Remotely, Africa's fastest growing virtual assistance company. And he puts his staff through a rigorous training program so that he can meet the needs of companies in the West, which of course have higher needs and high expectations and needs better skill sets. Yeah. So I'm guessing that people that join Aya, they also go through a, a program, but of course they are pre-selected to make sure that they have the potential or can live up to potential of the potential roles that they can be put into, or the gigs, sorry, they can be placed into by companies around the world. 
Uh, yes, that's the model. But um, so it is a continual upscaling, rescaling, mentoring, educating, and training. That's our model, right? So I mean, when we start, we didn't have all these things because the people already there. But how do you? So questions start came. How do you vet people? How do you ensure that they have what is they have? We couldn't vouch for those things. We couldn't. We couldn't um, put our, our our name on it, right? That's why we decided to iterate, iterate to be able to have those those benchmark well captured, in a way that we can vouch for uh, Adrian. That Adrian says he's a podcaster. He does an excellent interviews. We can verify. So the, the kind mm. of tools we are building in the next eighteen months, we are building tools that will enable any company anywhere in the world. You don't need um, to call people into your office. With our open API, you should be able to, to kind of verify, authentic, authenticate the, the validity of this person, right? And say, wow, okay, Adrian said he's done this ABCD. I can check. I, can, I have seen um, that Adrian have actually done this. And therefore, I don't need um, some, a third party to come and say Adrian is good at this. That's the kind of future we are building. Of course, we need to start from things that are not scalable, things that are much more manual to a point where we can build those tools to enable small, medium, and large organizations hire thousands of people within within hours. Without, I mean, so we cut off ta- ta- I mean, long processes. You know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to hire people, especially when you're looking for certain skills. It can take up to six months. We want to mm-hmm. we want to reduce that to less, I mean, about 72 hours. That's the kind of vision mm-hmm. and kind of product we want to build. So, Globally, you can hire any person, especially from Africa, within 72 hours, get the right kind of skill you're looking for, the right mindset, and the right character that will fit into your organizational culture. Because for me, as a founder, being, I mean, previously founded a startup that, I mean, of course, did not do well and failed, three, two things that I learned is that if you don't have the right people in your team, you may risk all the money in the world, you'll fail. So for me, it's people, people, people. Everything ends with people and starts with people. So if you have the right people who are not clock tickets or tax tax markets that, oh, I'm done with my job, what next? But you need to work with people who see what's next. Why not? Not what if. You need to work with people who say, wow, whilst I was eating, this idea came. Why should we try it? That's the kind of I mean, innovators the world is looking for. And young people today are also looking to work with people who are not restrictive, who are not micromanagers, who give opportunity for them to iterate or fail and move forward. Young people want to work with an organization that also have empathy, that allow them to be creative, to be curious, to be problem service, to ask questions, not do this, yes, sir. Yes. No, that world has changed. We have left that world long ago. So if you're an organization, you need to begin to be nimble, more agile, more open-minded, and allow creativity because it's only when people are creative that's where great growth or exponential growth comes. And this for us is very important. Mm-hmm. So we are building this kind of tool for even young people, talent or skilled talent to be able to vet organizations that they want to work for. So if that organization has a very bad culture, nobody wants to work with you. So it's not mm-hmm. just about, about the talent, it's also about organizations. Why organizations also need to change their culture to fit into Gen, Gen, Gen Z who are who need freedom, who are looking for freedom of work, um, and time freedom, I mean, no restriction, 
and they work not I mean, by your standard of clock in, clock out, but they work anywhere on, on, on any tool and they're able to move. They are more concerned about the output, not the input. Young people today are more concerned about the output, not input. So organizations also need to be able to face this reality. These new changes are in our in our in our job market today, in the world today, because a lot of things have changed, Adrian. And if you we want to go through this old system of come in, clocking, 95, no, nobody work with you. And a lot of people are resigning from jobs that are paying them $200,000 because they just want to have their mental health well checked and balanced. So balance, work, work balance is very important and IA is very concerned. That's why we are very empathetic and very, very conscious organization that seek to create value for all our stakeholders. Mm. Wow, what a revelation we are getting, ladies and gentlemen, on what's happening on the continent and around the world in terms of tech. Eric, this has been fantastic. So, of course, you've just mentioned that it's not only important to have the right tech talent, it's also important for the right tech talent to be put in the right companies, okay? Now, I know you work with companies around the world could you tell us quickly about some of the countries um, that some of the talent from Aya is placed into? Oh, absolutely. Um, so far, so good. Um, we have piloted our hypothesis. We've been able to place some talent into um, some US companies, Canada, uh, UK, mm -hmm. Haiti, and in Nigeria. So far, about six countries so far. Um, Short-term wow. um, gigs, some a month, two months, um, then some of them came back that hey, this guy is also good. Can we have hire him for full time? So, yes, we've had mm -hmm. short term, two weeks, one month, three months, six months, then um, full time. In fact, we, three of our guys are working full time for some um, American companies as we speak today. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. And tell us quickly about some of the countries that your talent comes from. I know you mentioned Nigeria is a huge, a huge pool comes from Nigeria. And of course, I'm sure Ghana as well. Any other African countries? Yes, first of all, um, Aya is a 100% remote company. Um, even mm -hmm. within our operations, we are 100% remote. I've worked with people that I've not even met before for the last one year plus. So we have a, a team distribution across six countries, Nigeria, Kenya, mm -hmm. Uganda, Zimbabwe, and Ghana. I'm, I'm currently in Ghana, right? So my team at Aya is distributed across these countries. We are very um, African focused, but globally, in terms of demand, we are I mean, global. But in terms of supply, we want to concentrate more on the African talent because we think that they are very disadvantaged. Um, they were too, they were not so much involved because they needed to travel to places where these jobs were. Um, it was not possible until COVID came that now remote work had become uh, the order of the day. So we believe that it is the time for young Africans with the, with the agility the resilience to be able to also have a, a, a chunk of the pie in the Web3. We believe that Africa needs to take center stage and control because the adoption of Web3 is insane. Last year alone, there was 2,500% increase in Web3 adoption, especially in payments, peer-to-peer. -peer. Wow. Exactly. Um, a lot of Web3 companies are looking to I mean, expand to Africa because this, there's a massive adoption. In fact, the whole Web3 cannot, cannot have the mass adoption without Africa. 
Every Web3 company needs to look at Africa not as a consumption continent, but as a player, as a key partner for mass adoption. Mm. There will not be mass adoption without Africa as far as Web3 is concerned. This is an audacious statement I've made. I've been in this Web3 space for the last six years. I know what I'm talking about. That there's so much, so much missionary approach when it comes to Web3 because there's little or no regulation. Of course, whether there's regulation or not, it will not stop bad actors. That's why we, we believe that they should be more authentic, more humane, more empathetic leaders across the Web3 space because there's so much nefarious activities going on in the Web3. But what I've learned in the last six years, having I mean, founded one of the most ambitious uh, crypto fintech startup in Africa, having traveled about 17 African countries and beyond, I think that Web3 cannot have the wild, massive adoption without Africa. Because you know why? Web3 in the West or in the I mean, East Asia is a nice thing to have. But Web3 in Africa is everything a need for us. Because we have not solved mm. payment problem, we have not solved infrastructure, we have not solved health, we have not solved I mean government bureaucratic system that is creating a lot of um, massive rot. And we need smart contract blockchain to be able to help us. I mean, reduce all these bureaucracies, enable us to have a system pay, a style of payment that do not require you to send money from Africa using dollar. So for us in Africa, Web three is not an option. It is a must. But in the West, mm. Web3 is kind of a nice thing to have. It's okay. It's fine. But in Africa, we don't have that option. And therefore, there will not be a mass adoption of Web3 without Africa. Which is why we think that the African talent need to be at the center stage. We need to reawaken them to realize that there's a need for them to have this skill that the world is looking for. But companies are coming, they're looking for community managers, they're looking for smart contract engineers, they're looking for business analysts, they're looking for accountants who understand a cryptocurrency bookkeeping. Yeah. That's massive job opportunity, and that's why we cannot sleep. But to create avenues to train these young people to have these right skills, relevant skills, to be able to meet up the demand that is coming. Wow. Wow. That just tells you the potential that Africa has and why we have to get involved in the web free race before we get left behind and dominated by the West again. We can't let that happen again. We must work whilst we're still awake. We must work while we start the opportunity. This has been a fantastic conversation, Eric. Um, just before we wrap up, just tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you launched iGix very quickly. Oh, interesting. So um, I've been an entrepreneur the last um, seven years. Um, I decided to resign from my, my, my payday job. I, I was um, a Huawei. I used to work in Huawei as lead account manager. Mm -hmm. I resigned mm -hmm. and, and decided to be on very audacious uh, journey as entrepreneur in Africa, it's, it's not easy to be an entrepreneur in Africa because, you know what, there's no support systems. Um, people are not yeah. willing to um, hire individual, not, I mean, high what individuals are not willing to put their money into the, the ecosystem. So you are on your own. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, I see entrepreneurship for me as a, as, a, as a purpose fulfillment. I see helping to solve a problem that we all confront. For me, it's just a way to pay back to, I mean, to society. It's my way to also contribute my little to society. It doesn't matter whether I become I become very successful financially 
But what matters is that at least I start something that it's not be the same way somebody behind me would do. At least I ought to be somebody that at least started something, created an avenue possibility, created rails, and told my story. Side that those behind me will not commit the same mistakes they I'm committing because we need to be able to have opportunity to fail. We need to allow failure to be part of our culture. We need to allow failure to be part of our mindset because without failure, there's no success. And without trying, there's no way you, you can make any decision. So I would rather try than to regret, to say, oh, I, I, I wish I, I did. No, I, I don't have anything that in my mindset. I just want to try, do my best. It's better to fail than not to try. So yes, I have been an entrepreneur. I was one of those that built one of the co-founder, one of the most ambitious crypto startup in Africa back in 2018. We were the first crypto company in Africa, actually, to partner with one of the largest payment infrastructure in Africa, InterSwitch. So it tells you the kind of vision I hold. It tells you the kind of person I see. I see the future. I'm a futuristic thinker. I, I see things before it happens. So in 2018, when everybody was just moving around trading, I, I, I call people into a table and say, look, let's do this. And we assembled one of the brightest minds in Africa to build a company that I call Cubitex. We had one of the most successful um, out, out, outing. Unfortunately, we failed on two things. Um, when, like I said, miracle is only when you have people who have good hearts and good mind. If you're not too lucky enough mm. to have people with the right mindset and the right heart, kindness, you'll fail. And I, we failed miserably because um, there was just a crash of a team misalignment. And then, I mean, the, the, the startup have to, have to come to its knees. But for me, I look at it as, as, a, as a beginning. because It's actually opened doors. It opened my eyes to see the possibilities. And before I end, Adrian, there's something that we don't talk about it in Africa. Everybody is just trying to, I mean, escape poverty in Africa. But you know what we are doing? We are measuring the very item that will make us become successful. Trust. If we can see trust as a currency, in 10 years, Adrian, we don't need to hustle. We will create wealth. If I can trust you without asking what if, if I can trust you and not having a feeling that you are going to, you know, play me, then we will reduce and increase the odd of success in Africa. Trust remains our biggest, biggest hurdle to cross. I've, I, have feel, I have felt it as a person. I've, I have dealt with people who are mm. distrustful. And I, I conclude that trust remains the biggest obstacle for Africa's success. And if we can trust ourselves, there's nothing that we cannot do. So I think that whilst we are just hustling around, competing with each other, uh, through every means and I mean, way, I think that we need to reduce that and begin to see trust as a currency. Because money hates people who chase him. Money is only energy that needs to be recycled. The West understood the, 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 the principle of money and they understood greed. So they spread greed. They created Silicon Valley. They invest in Silicon Valley. And then it, it goes around. That's how greed was spread in the West, especially in America. In Africa, when we have money, what we do is that we go and save it in Switzerland. We go and buy cars. We go and buy houses and say, oh, I have, I'm successful. No, that's not success. Any success that cannot be replicated is not success. It's actually you just ridicule yourself and say, oh, I've arrived. The whole world see me. No. A society that cannot protect the masses or the most vulnerable, that society cannot be protected by the vulnerable when it's going down. So we have to think again. 
mm. and, and make trust become the most important denominator in everything that we do from public, private, and in our homes, our friendship, everything boils down to trust. And I think it's a very powerful thing that we need to have those conversations around. Trust remains our biggest obstacle to, to unlocking exponential growth. Africa is not poor. The only poor poverty we have here is in our mind. And if you can unlock poverty from our mind, I, I believe the sky will be the starting point for us in the continent. So we can all come to life and be able to meet the standard the world has created. We cannot remain the way we are. We need to be, we need to speed up. I mean, wow, what a way to end the conversation with Eric Anan, the founder and CEO of Aya Gigs. He certainly lives up to the bio that I read out in the beginning. And that is, he's definitely empathetic, selfless, and a visionary problem solver. I'm sure you all took something away from that chat. We will look to have Eric on season five, so please look out for that. And let us know if you have any questions for Eric. Email us info at thesoundofacrowd.com. You can connect online with Eric on LinkedIn. Search for Eric Anand. That's Eric and then Anand, A-N-N-A-N. Link is in the podcast description, of course. If you would like to learn more about Aya Gigs, please do visit the website www.ayagigs.com. That's A-Y-A-G-I-G-S.com. And if you'd like to get social, you can find them on Twitter at Aya Gigs, Instagram at Aya Gigs, that's A-Y-A-G-I-G-S, and Facebook Aya Gigs. You can also search for Aya Gigs on LinkedIn too, and you'll find them there also. Of course, all of the links are in the podcast description player you're listening to. That's all for today's episode, guys. I'm Major from the Sound of a Crowd podcast. I'll catch you in the next one.